Welcome to church, everyone. I want to take just a second and greet some special people, all of our God Behind Bars guys. Can you give a huge hand clap for them? We love you. Love having you be a part. And to all of those joining us online, we're so glad that you are here. Well, you guys, Christmas is just one week away. Everybody goes, oh, dear Lord, right? So how many of you have a question for you? How many of you have all of your Christmas shopping done? Raise your hand. Awesome. How many of you also, like, you already have your gifts wrapped and, like, your menu planned and all that kind of stuff? Raise your hand. Kind of, all right, well, I just want you to know that we can't be friends. Actually, we can be friends, and you can come over to my house and help me. How does that sound? Is that a good plan? Okay. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Life is crazy right now, right? Getting all the last-minute things, um, you know, finished up and buttoned up. And, you know, that is really the reason why we named this Christmas series Make Room. Because we are in this series, we're talking about making room in the busyness of our crazy lives, right, of the Christmas season, to actually focus on the real reason for this Christmas season. And we've talked about in this series making room for the presence of Jesus, and we've talked about making room for revelation. And today, I want to talk about a subject that I think everyone kind of needs to hear right now, and it's making room for hope. Making room for hope. You know, the story of Christmas is the story of hope fulfilled. That's what Christmas is. Because finally, finally, the Savior had come. And Luke 2, in a couple of verses, announces the coming of Jesus to some of the lowliest citizens uh, in that day. And I want to read this to us. And can we just like, everybody just take a deep breath. All right, this whole idea of making room, I'm going to read a couple of the Christmas, verses from the Christmas story, and we just take it in. Don't let this be like something that's just like, oh, this is what we do at church on Christmas. No, I just take it in, okay? It says, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. We would have been too. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. You know, when we celebrate Christmas We are celebrating the good news that the Savior of the world had been born. The waiting, the hoping, the longing was over. It was over. Jesus, who would take away the sins of the world. Jesus, who would make a way for us to have relationship with our Heavenly Father. Jesus, the one who would heal the sick and open blind eyes. Jesus, the one who would bind up the brokenhearted, set the captives free, give beauty for ashes, and comfort those who mourn. Guess what? The Savior had arrived. That's who showed up on the scene. That's what Christmas is. And Christmas, you guys, listen, this part of Christmas isn't a fairy tale. It is real, it is true, and it changes everything. See, Jesus arrived on the scene in God's plan to rescue us from our sin and our disconnectedness from him was set into motion. It was a rescue plan. 
See, people had been longing and waiting and hoping for this day for hundreds of years, thousands of years. And Christmas means this. Guess what? Hope is here. And it still means that for us today. Hope is here. You know, as I've been thinking about this idea of hope, I feel that in our culture, you know, hope is kind of what I would deem to be a cute word, right? It's kind of a cute word. It's, um, you know, it's on our Christmas cards, and we have, like, you know, hope hanging on walls in our house, and some of us even probably have hope tattooed on our skin, right? But hope, listen, is not a cutesy word. Do you get that? It's not a soft word. It's a gutsy word. This word hope, it's, it's gritty, and it's bold, and it's courageous, All right, that's what hope is. See, the very idea of hope, guess what? It implies this, that things are not going your way. Things aren't going your way. It means that there's something that you desire to see, that something that, that you need to experience, that you need to have. There is something that you are hoping for, but it is not yet yours. That's what hope means. So when we hope, guess what that means? It means we wait. We wait. See, hoping and waiting are intertwined. But the problem is, right, we aren't really good at waiting. (laughs) Right? Come on, let's just be honest. I mean, so much of life is spent waiting. We are always waiting, right? We wait in lines at the grocery store, at the bank, at Starbucks, at Walmart, at Target, whichever one you choose. And guess what? If you are, hey, listen, if you ever see me at a store, don't get behind me in line because I always choose the wrong line. How many of you are with me? There can be five people in one line and one person one line, and I get behind the one person, and there's always a price check. Right? Price check every single time. Don't get behind me. We wait in lines, right? We wait at traffic lights. We wait in traffic. We wait for the bears to be good. Decades. Decades. The Packer fans are clapping. <laughs> we, pay, we wait for the poor drivers to get out of the way. Right? We wait for the ketchup to come out of the bottle. We wait for people. We wait for our kids and our spouses. I'm always waiting for Jerry. He takes so long to get ready. <laughs> we wait for the next season of the show we love. We wait for the water to boil, right? We wait at the doctor's office. We wait for the preacher to be done, right? <laughs> Isn't this how life goes? This is how I found it goes, okay? Like, we'll give ourselves when we're waiting, we give ourselves a little window of time, right? You're like, okay, I'm going to wait this amount of time before what happens? You start to become annoyed, irritated, frustrated, and then you know you have to start to take deep breaths, right? And then finally, I just can't take it anymore. It's like we give ourselves this little window, and then we just kind of lose it. We're like, no, when it goes beyond the time frame, we just kind of like lose it, because this is what I know. We're not really good waiters. How many of you guys are really good at waiting? There's like five people that raised their hands. But this is what I know. We all know that waiting isn't just for traffic lights and doctor's offices. But there is waiting for things that are way more significant for us. Right? We're waiting for that prodigal son or daughter to come back to Jesus. 
waiting for that financial breakthrough. We're waiting for our body to feel well. We're waiting for healing. We're waiting for that grief that is so heavy to fade. And maybe you're single and you're waiting for that significant other. Maybe you're waiting for a child. Or maybe you're waiting for freedom from that habit that just plagues you. Maybe you're waiting to hear about a job. Waiting. Waiting. You know, there's many verses in the Bible where the word and meaning of hope is actually to wait, to be patient. And there's a verse in Isaiah chapter 40 that actually talks about this. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. And it says this. It says, but those who wait, everybody say wait, wait. Wait for the Lord who expect, who look for, and hope in him will gain new strength and renew their power. They will lift up their wings and rise up close to God like eagles rising towards the sun. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and they will not grow tired. What, about pow- what a powerful promise from our Heavenly Father that we will gain new strength and renew our power, that we will rise up close to God, that we will run and not become weary, that we will walk and not faint. How many of you could use a little bit of that right now? I could use some of that. And there's two quick observations on this scripture, and then we'll talk about some ways that we can actually hope well. The first thing is this, is that in this scripture, the hope was in the Lord. It says those who hope in the Lord. These things happen, the strength and the power and the endurance when our hope is placed in the Lord. You know, the biblical definition for hope is actually confident expectation that God can and will fulfill what he said he would do. That's what the biblical definition of hope is. Let's listen, hope, the world's kind of hope, it's kind of like wishful thinking or blind optimism, or even nowadays this new thing called, like you can just manifest what you want. That's not biblical hope. Biblical hope is saying I'm gonna hang tight with a confident expectation that God will do what he said he will do. He will show up. And the second thing I love about this scripture is this, is that it shows us that hope is not passive. Hope is not passive. In this verse, I get the sense that the hope is like, it's not just leaning back. It's, just not, it's not just like sitting back with its feet up, you know, just kind of like lazily, right? It's kind of like, no, no, you get the sense that there's like expectation, like, well, who's, who's coming to the door? You know, like, it, it's kind of like on your tippy toes, it says that they looked for him, expected him. You know, it wasn't just like, looking up Magnolia, you know, journal or something like that, sitting there going, well, I hope God shows up. I'm just going to kind of hang out here. And that's just what I know. Sometimes when we've been hoping and waiting for the Lord for a long time, it can feel really good just to sit down and go, you know what, God? I'm kind of weary in my hoping. I'm kind of weary in my waiting I want you to be encouraged today, you guys. This verse, this scripture, it shows us that hope isn't passive. And even if you have to, with everything inside of you, raise up and go, I'm not going to be passive as I wait. 
And so with this thought of, you know, it's not passive, how do we hope well? How do we wait well? Because if we're all hoping for something, we're, we're waiting for something, right? How do we do that well? We want to talk about a couple of things today because as we are waiting, if we're not just going to sit down and check our Instagram and our Facebook until God shows up on the scene or until things change that we're hopeful for, how, what do we do? What do we do in the middle of it? If it's not passive, how do we hope well? The first thing is this, is that we pray and plan according to the promise. We pray and we plan according to the promise that we are holding on to. We pray. We ask God, God, what do you, I'm weary, God, right now. But what do you want me to do in the middle of my waiting? What, do you, what can I do as I'm hoping, as I'm waiting? So we pray. Talk to God. You guys know that God wants to actually hear about what you're hopeful for? He wants you to talk to him about it. Doesn't, you don't have to be in church to do that. You can actually, even if you're driving in your car, you can just say, God, I'm hopeful for this. What can I do in the waiting? Wants to hear from you. And then do this, plan. Pray and plan. Pray and plan. Actually, if he whispers something to you, put it into motion and start doing it. Or plan by doing what you know you can do. Hope has two parts. His part our part. See, Isaiah, I love you guys. You're excited. You can clap. Everybody just clap really quick. Just say, hoping, waiting. <laughs> you know, Isaiah says that waiting means to look for and to expect. And I think a beautiful picture of, of hope is a woman who is expecting a child. When Mary found out she was pregnant with baby Jesus, first there was shock right? Especially when an angel tells you. And then there's joy. And then there is this, well, here we go, right? There's planning and preparing that happens. There's a long window of waiting and expecting once you find out you're going to have a child. But that window of waiting is not just spent with you sitting on your blessed assurance, right? No, no, no. There is a lot to be done. There's a lot to plan for. And can I tell you, that our waiting season, our hoping season, is no different. We pray and we plan. We pray and then we plan. Are you waiting for a physical healing from God? Well, then what are the things that you can do to take care of yourself? Physically, what changes need to be made? What, what doctors do you need to, to figure out to go talk to? What, what do you need to do while you're waiting for your healing? You know, a couple weeks ago, I had surgery. And when they told me after I had surgery, they were literally like, these are the things you need to do to get better. And you know what I did? I was like, I'm going to do those things. They said, you need to have your husband wait on you hand and foot. And I said, I'm in. He is in. He loves me. You know, there were certain things I had to do physically to take care of myself. And as you are waiting for your physical healing, what are some of the things that maybe God's going, I need you to change these certain little things. You know, are you waiting for a financial breakthrough? Well, then make a budget. See what the Bible says about money. Pursue wisdom. Okay, listen, there is his part, remember, and then there is your part. So what do you need to do? 
What do you need to do? You know, we have something coming up in January. It's called Financial Peace University. Some of you, you don't even know where to start. You heard about legacy, and you're like, I'd love to get to legacy, but I have no margin. Well, let's start the plan. Let's start the plan. What do you need to do? Financial Peace University, huge, huge help. That can be, you know, a benefit for you. It's kind of like you, do, you doing your part. You can check out information online on our app. Are you waiting for freedom from sin? Well, maybe start setting up some roadblocks to that sin. Stop hanging out with those friends that keep dragging you down. Tell someone who can keep you accountable. Get counseling if you need to, okay? At the church, we have this thing called Growth Track. It's a great way how to learn, you know, to grow in your relationship with God. There's all kinds of ways that you can go, okay, God, what is my part? Are you waiting for a spouse? Well, then maybe in this season, start working on becoming the most healthy version of you emotionally, mentally, spiritually, do the work now. Are you waiting for that loved one or that friend to come to Jesus? Ask God, how can I love them and serve them? That's a key one right there. Serve them right now. How can I bring hope in the middle of my waiting? Hmm. In the middle of my waiting, what can I do? So we, as we are hoping well, what do we do here? We pray and we plan. The second thing we do, and this is going to go totally against what we would think to do, pass on hope. As we wait, listen, as Christ followers, as we wait in hope, there are many who are waiting for hope. There are many who are waiting for hope. We, we already, if we walk with Jesus, if we know Jesus, we are waiting in hope, but there's so many that are waiting for hope. And as, and of in, as individuals and as a church, man, we don't want hope to stop with us. We don't want it to stop with us. You know, one, uh, an incredible verse that kind of speaks to this is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 12 and 13. And this is, I love this scripture because it's actually talking about almost heaven and what we have to look forward to. I'm hoping for heaven. I'm so hoping for heaven, right? It's going to be a beautiful day. But here's the deal. This is what it says. This verse talks about what to do in the middle of our waiting for what's on the other side. It says, we don't yet see things clearly. We're squinting in a fog. We're peering through a mist. But it won't be long before the weather clears and the sun shines bright. We'll see it all then. See it all as clearly as God sees us, knowing him directly, just as he knows us. But for right now, while we wait, right, until that completeness, we have three things to do to lead us toward the consummation. The first, the three, first thing is this, trust steadily in God, hope unswervingly, and love extravagantly. And the best of the three is love. As we wait... As we wait, we trust, we hope, and we love. We want to love our world extravagantly by bringing the good news and the hope of Jesus to anyone who will listen. Yes, us personally, we have a role to play. And as a church, we don't want hope to stay with us. You know, in the book of Matthew, this is a beautiful picture of what our role is to be in bringing hope. In the book of Matthew, Jesus referred to his, refers to his followers as, you ready? Salt. You're like, all right, salt. What does that mean? See, here in like this day and age, 
we use salt as flavor. But in Jesus' day, and even, I mean, a couple centuries ago, right, salt was used as a preservative, listen, preservative for things that would break down without it. Let's take meat, for instance, okay? If we didn't want meat to, you know, in Jesus' day or a couple hundred years ago to rot and break down, salt would be inserted into the meat to keep it from breaking down. In church, we are called to go into the broken down places. That's what salt means, okay? Go into the broken down places of our families, our cities, our communities, and our world. That's what we're called to do. That's why we do legacy every year. We don't avoid the broken places. Rather, we insert ourselves into the mess. We insert ourselves into the mess. This is who we are. We are called to take the hope of Jesus. Remember, not the cute little hope. Okay, the gritty, courageous hope of Jesus into the broken places. And can I tell you, taking Jesus to the broken places, it will take grit and courage. But isn't that what Jesus did? He didn't avoid the brokenness of our world, but he came. See, hope doesn't just look in. When we desperately need something, it's hard not to just turn inward, right? But hope doesn't just look in, it looks out. And hope doesn't just like stay, it doesn't stay here, it looks outward and it goes. It just doesn't stay, it goes, you know. So as we wait in hope, let's be bringers of hope. And a really easy way to be a bringer of hope this Christmas is to invite somebody to Christmas. I know it can be a big deal to ask somebody, but if you know any single, if you know one person, man, they're just going through it right now, say, all right. And can I tell you, sometimes the people who look like they have it most together actually need the invite. Uh, The more I'm in this world, the more you think people have it together, the more their world is usually breaking down, and they need a little hope inserted into the middle of it. And can I tell you, Jesus, Jesus is the hope of the world. And so who can you be inviting to bring to services that start this week? What a great opportunity. So as we hope right? As we wait well, we pray and we plan and we pass on hope. We pass on hope. And the last thing that we do is this. We praise God. We praise God. I know what you're thinking. Jen, you picked this because it was just another P, right? We have pray and we plan. We have pass on hope. And you're like, you just needed a third point, right? No, 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 no. Here's the deal. I know it can sound a little churchy. You're like, well, that's what... Of course, Jen, that's what you're going to say. No, no, listen, the word of God, all throughout scripture, all throughout scripture, when people are waiting for God to show up, and can I tell you, there is a lot of waiting in the word of God, waiting for miracles, waiting for God to set people free, waiting for healing, waiting for breakthrough, all throughout scripture, and you want to know what probably the most common theme is, praising God in the middle of it. Praising God in the middle of it. You know, Psalm 71 is, I want you to write this verse down. Take out your notes app, okay? Or jot it down on a piece of paper, a receipt that you have in your wallet right now. Psalm 71. And I love this. The the title actually at the top of this psalm, like if you go and look at it and look at it in the Bible, it says this, prayer of an old man for rescue. (laughs) That's the title of Psalm 71. And theologians believe that King David wrote this psalm. 
And he wrote it when he was probably in one of the lowest points of his life. One of his sons had just betrayed him and was actually planning a coup to take over his throne. It was not a good day. His family was torn apart. Things were a wreck. Things were a wreck. He isn't in an easy place. You know, the word rescue me, the phrase rescue me is found multiple times in this psalm. David is hoping for a rescue. He's saying, all right, God, I need you to show up. Anybody whispered that recently to God? God, I need you to show up. Big thing, little thing. God, I need you to show up. So in the middle of his situation, what does he do? What does he do? In the Amplified Version, it says this, but as for me, this is David speaking, listen to these powerful words. But as for me, I will wait and hope continually and will praise you yet more and more. My mouth shall tell of your righteousness and of your deeds of salvation all day long. For their number is more than I know. There are incredible lessons just in these two verses. But as for me, listen, it doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. Okay, people may look at you right now and be like, you, why do you still hope in God? He hasn't pulled through for you. Listen, that's all throughout scripture, by the way, too. You know, like David is saying continually, like everybody's saying, where is your God? Where is your God? But as for me, I will hope. I will wait. Some of you, you just need to get your resolve back today. But as for me, I want you to whisper those words to your soul right now. But as for me, but as for me, I will wait and hope continually. And I will praise you yet more and more. I I see it like this. Like the darker it's getting, the more resolve he gets. More and more. I will praise you yet more and more. It's getting darker. It's getting worse. It's getting nasty. Yeah, I need you, God. I need you to show up on the scene. So yet, I will praise you more and more. And then I love this part. My mouth shall tell of your righteousness. What words are you speaking right now? As you hope. As you wait. It's so hard in the middle of our waiting to become critical and cynical. But can we shift today our words? Say, but my mouth, they shall speak. They shall tell of your righteousness. Let's tell of his greatness. Listen, God has done something for each and every one of us. We just got to dwell on it. David praises while he waits and while he hopes. You guys know this, that that word praise means this. It means to be clear and to shine. And I, I picture it like this, as you know, you're in the cloud. Have any of you like flown before and you're flying in like crazy, like you're taking off and it's cloudy and it's rainy. And then all of a sudden the plane just comes out of the clouds and there's sun up above the clouds. And you're like, huh, I like this part. I don't like the rain and the gross that I just was in but I like the sun up above and can I tell you I think that's what praise does it lifts us above it and it helps us see things a little bit more clear we're just kind of like oh that's right that's who God is 
And it gives us the resolve to continue to praise him yet more and more and our mouths to tell of his righteousness. And listen, you don't have to just wait until Sunday morning to praise God. Do you know that? You don't have to wait. You can praise God in your car, at home. You can turn on worship music. You can tell, you can just, you don't even need music. You can just tell God of his greatness right where you're at, at work, in your cubicle. You can, while you're waiting in line at the doctor's office, you can, you can whisper his praise. There's lots of different ways that you can praise God. I want to challenge you to do that. And so in these next few moments, everyone, I would like you to stand up to your feet. And nobody leaving unless it's an absolute emergency. We're actually going to practice what we just preached. I just preached. We're going to practice it. And listen, I know some of you, you're like, I don't, Jen, I don't, I don't sing when we're here because you don't understand. I'm just not a singer. Listen, well then today, just whisper the words. Just push yourself a little bit more because I love this song. We sang it during worship because listen, that song that says, come on my soul, don't you get shy on me. Lift up your song. You've got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up. Get up and praise the Lord. Some of you, you're weary in the waiting. Get up. Some of you, just maybe even you open your hands and you say, God, I'm going to choose today, but as for me, I will worship you. God, I will pour out my praise yet more and more, even as it gets darker. And God, today, instead of complaining, God, or, 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 or like being negative about my situation, I choose to speak of your goodness in the middle of it. And so in these next few moments, we're going to praise God. Okay, so even if you never close your eyes, maybe close your eyes, focus on him today. And in these next few moments, let's worship him. God, we love you. I pray for my friends today that are in this room, God, or watching online. God, I pray those who are weary in the waiting, God, those who are weary in the waiting, God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would infuse them with your hope today as they hope in the Lord. I pray, God, that you would renew their strength. You would renew their power. God, and they would know, God, that you are with them. We choose to worship you today in Jesus' name. Let's praise God in these next few moments. Oh, come on, my soul. Oh, don't you get shy on me. Lift up your song. Cause you've got a
Come on, let's put our hands together and lift our voices to a God that's worthy of our praise. Thank you, God. We praise you in the midst of the waiting. Amen. Amen. You know, a couple of things real quickly before we dismiss. First of all, um, the way to try to find true hope is that you have a relationship with Jesus. And if you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity to do that real quick before we leave. Um, it's the most important decision you'll ever make. And you're not joining a church today or anything like that, but rather you're saying, Jesus, I want you to become the leader and the forgiver of my life. So let's just bow our heads, and I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And if you say, today, I want to make Jesus the leader and the forgiver of my life, just raise your hand real quickly. No one's looking except me. Anyone in here? Yes, yes, yes. Anyone online? Yes. Let's go ahead and say this prayer all together before we dismiss. Jesus, I come to you today, and I declare you as my Lord and my Savior, my leader and the one that forgives me. Come into my life. I believe you died for me. I want to live for you. I accept your unconditional love in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together for everybody that prayed that prayer.